Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So I know one of the other exciting things, we kind of changed topics a little bit. I was going to say, I could talk for probably like six hours about puppies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the jail project. Yeah. Um, I know the courthouse is fairly old and mm-hmm. it's been added on to and whatnot. And it's it's got to be, you know, a maintenance headache, if nothing else. Well, that's that's part of it. Um, you know, going back a few years um, in the early 2000s and late 90s, around when I started my career, um, the county went through a, a jail study then. Uh, they realized that at that point they were outgrowing the facility. And so they had somebody come in and do a study and take a look at what the needs are if the county would move forward and build in jail around the year 2000. And the results of that study came back that, yes, um, there is a need to, to build a new facility. Um, and that was presented to the county board, and they agreed on that. And at that, at that time, the cost of the project was around $23 million. And uh, at that point, it didn't pass the, the county board. So we continued to move forward. And just a little history on the jail. It was built in the 1950s added on in um, the late 1980s. It's a linear style jail, meaning it's long hallways with cell blocks on each side of um, the hallway, uh, which means that our correction staff have to put on a lot of foot traffic or rely on um, camera footage, which doesn't get every every corner you know, yep, of, of the jail. So you rely on our, our COs who do an outstanding job to be walking you know, quite a bit. And, you know, state requires us to check on inmates every hour. We do it every half hour. So we're, we're go- you know, we're going above and beyond that requirement. Um, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, you know, our, our jail staff are putting a lot, a lot of foot, foot traffic on it. And it's an unsafe environment, the linear style compared to a podular style. Just take a look at what I mean by a pod. Take like a pie and put correction staff right in the middle of the pie and then they can see every single person in that in that pie in that pod mm-hmm. and jails um, were starting to go to that in prisons in um i believe it was the early 90s maybe the late 80s but that's where the direction corrections were going because of that obvious statement that i just made you can see people instead of having to go and look through it you know so a, the goal is not to have uh, less staff on site. It's going to be the same amount of staff, just going to be veg- better visual because that, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, if I can see everyone, that means now I don't have to have someone at the desk while someone's walking or they're walking in mm-hmm. pairs. You know, we're now, it's not cutting the staff down. It's just giving them the better opportunity better to see what is yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Now, on the flip side of it, We've been housing inmates out of county since um, the early 2000s, late late 90s. That's that prompted the first part of the reason why it prompted the first jail study, um, and that's at a cost. And then you know while we housed people out of county, um, that continued to grow, and that's one of the reasons why we're we're discussing what we are today. Well, first thing that you guys brought up already is just the the style of the jail and the age of it and maintenance. You know, there's a lot of maintenance issues that we're dealing with. Just think of it. It's a facility built in the 50s and then and then added on in the 80s, and it's a 24-hour run facility. And just think of the age of, and things that are breaking down, um, you know, the plumbing. Um, some major, major projects are going to be, yeah, need to be addressed. I mean, we can't even get a, a ambulance in a sally port. So you look at that concern right there, and you can't get an emergency vehicle in there. you got to bring the patient, whether it's a correction staff or an inmate, out of the facility into a vehicle. That's a safety concern, you know, and, you know, and there's, there's a lot of examples like that that we're looking at. Now getting to the out-of-county housing costs, right now we, uh, we house 90 inmates out of county, 15 in Adams County, and uh, 75 in Wapaka. Now, now- that for someone who doesn't know how that works, a person who might live in Wood County is convicted in Wood County, mm-hmm. but you don't have the room in our facility. Correct. So they spend the time that they need to serve in either one of those facilities. Correct. Okay. And that's at a cost. Um, one of them, I believe, Wapaka is $36 a day, and Adams County is uh, $35 a day. Might not seem a lot, but just, just cost it out. You know, 
90 times, let's just say $36 a day. The contracts alone right now are over a million dollars, all right, per year, what we're paying. Now you also have to consider what the cost is traveling to and from both those facilities, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're responsible for transportation costs. So in figuring that out, we're paying Wood County right now over $1.3 million a year in transportation costs and contracts with those facilities. Now, both of the contracts are up with both Adams and Wapaka County at the end of 2022. Hence why this kind of fit in doing a jail study now. Um, I can guarantee right now the contracts are going to go up. We're going to pay more. And uh, we're estimating from what we're hearing, it could be close to $45 a day. So let's say 90 times 45 a day, do the math. We're going to pay more. And what we're looking at is probably $1.7 million a year. All right. What's the big question? What's a new facility going to cost and how big? Well, first, how big of a facility? Through the most recent jail study we did, shortly after becoming sheriff, we sat down as a, as a team, as an administration team, and said, okay, what, what kind of things do we need to look at? What, what things do we need to address? And, you know, working you know, closely with Captain Ted Ashbeck, who runs our jail, you know, we looked at some numbers, and it's just like, you know, a lot of things started to fall in place. And then talking with county board members, maybe we should revisit this jail study. Why don't we we take a look at this? The county did a space needs study a few years ago and did not address the jail. So uh, we decided to forego a remodeling project at the sheriff's department and put that money towards a jail study. Because we really felt that, you know, timing-wise, this is probably something we should look at. And um, so we did. We uh, The county hired Venture Architects, who's very familiar with these kinds of projects, came in and um, did the study, you know, did, spent a lot of time working with uh, county leaders uh, with us and you know, came back with a study that recommended a facility around 300 beds. Now, what's interesting about that, the facility that was looked at back in 2000, similar size. But what changed? Price tag, right? Right. You know, we're talking 20 years, and it more than doubled, right? So now we're looking at a project that'll cost probably around $57 million, right? So that's a lot of money. It's a lot of taxpayer money, but we can't ignore it. You know, uh, what I'm looking at is, as sheriff and as our, you know, our leadership team, we need to provide, you know, the, the best accurate information to our county board to make this decision. And that's what, we, what we've been doing, you know, throughout the last <laughs> two years. You know, um, Lance Plummel, our county board chair, put together a, a jail ad hoc committee, which I was really happy they did because that gave our county board, some of our members, really take a, a strong look at this, not just the jail study that was done. All right, now let's dig into a little bit more on what the needs, specific needs, what we're seeing and what we can come up with and answer the questions that that um, people are going to be asking, you know, what the con- constituents are going to ask, well, why do we need this so bad? It's just, you know, uh, these are people that have made mistakes and they're criminals. Why do we have to invest in it? Well, it's way more than that. It, yeah, it's a bigger, bigger question. And one of them I think just came up to me is where is this going to be located? I mean, obviously we probably can't put a 300 bed new jail facility in its current location. The block is just too small. That's a good question, and we thought the same, but um, as we put together a plan, it will fit. Now, we first talked about demolishing the current jail, all right, and then rebuilding it there, and that would okay. fit there. It would. Okay. But logistically, we, we had a lot of issues come up where, okay, if you demolish the current jail, where do you put everybody? Right. Already housing, you know, 90 out. Our facility can hold at maximum 132. Um, what, what, do you, what do you do? You know, I didn't everybody. think our jail cells were that big. I only was kind of like anticipating like 30 people. No, I, it looks like a really small building, mm-hmm. but apparently it's bigger than what it seems. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's come if you want to take a tour. Someday. I was going to say, can I get a tour of the, no, of the jail cells, please? You guys are more than welcome to do that. Um, no, the jail that we have right now is a 132-bed facility. Um, by Department of Corrections standards, you're only supposed to stay 80% full based upon classification of inmates. What I mean by that, you can't put somebody in there that's in for a, a nonviolent offense in with somebody with a violent offense, all right? Okay. So you have to separate them. That's where they, they want jails to stay around the, you know, 80% rule. You know, that's that's their standard. Um, 
we were having a big issue before COVID hit. We had 129 people in our jail. And we had people on, on these uh, these little bunks that were on the floor where they were sleeping because we just did not have the room. In fact, before COVID hit, we were out looking for more bed space from other facilities. You know, Wapaka was going to take more. Um, Adams County, um, Clark County, you know, we're, we're searching for it, but what was that going to be? Our cost, right? right? So obviously, you know, looking at the facility, you know, why do we need a new jail? Well, obviously we don't have a room, but location. That was a, a pretty big topic because for me, I would never support a project if we had to acquire property, especially by eminent domain. Uh, I don't think it's the right thing to do, at least for, for us to look at forcing people out of their property. You mm-hmm. know, other people might feel different, but I, I don't. So we really had to look at how we can keep, you know, a new jail um on the courthouse campus, how is that going to work? And that's where it came down to um, our architect, you know, kind of spacing it out or putting a plan together and, and moving it around to see where it would fit. And it will fit. It'll fit between um, where uh, Avon Street is. Um, would you close off Avon correct. Street? Well, we'd so have to kind of take out some of the parking mm-hmm. along the side because you do have parking along <clears throat> First Street. Mm-hmm. That kind of connects to it, but then there's also that side parking lot. I think right. there was a grocery store yeah, there the, at one the point. Red Owl Building. Red Owl. Okay, Red Owl so building. you mm-hmm. know, if you took out part of that parking lot, closed off the street. Mm-hmm. That's you know, you're just about exactly what we're talking. You know, in, in that area, um, but the city would have to vacate Avon Street and would have to go through some per- permitting and zoning for them. And that'll come, you know, that'll really depend on what the county board does if they want to move forward with the project. Then we'll have to go to them for, for you know, City of Wisconsin Rapids for rezoning, um, permitting in, in that area. The nice thing is the county owns both sides of Avon Street, right? Okay. So, yep. so the impact to the the close community members, like for all utilities, it won't impact, impact them. It'll impact obviously the courthouse as the project would move forward, but the local uh, residents, the jail's already downtown, right? Right. And the facility that we'd be looking at is a multi-level facility that would be similar size height to the courthouse and it would connect to um, the third floor. Um, so the planning, it's all online. I, I tell people to take a look at uh, the Wood County's website, take a look at the previous uh, uh, jail ad hoc committee meeting minutes, and the design is right there. Um, you'll you'll see everything there. And and for me, it, it doesn't acquire any, any property. Will there be a community impact to some people? It could be, maybe view, um, but we're not taking anybody's property and we're not going to be like, you know, right on top of you. You know, out, and, out my back bedroom window right. is now the jail cell mm. and I can look in and see the inmates who are no, there. <laughs> and that's another thing. I mean, don't, you know, we just toured Eau Claire County's jail and they were built about 10 years ago. And I'll tell you what, if you walked up to it, you would not know it's a jail. You know, it's a structure that almost looks like a convention center or um, I wouldn't say a hotel, but just something that it, it does not look like a jail. And and people should understand that because um, Eau Claire County went through the same thing. They went through referendum, not on cost, but on location. Where do you want to put, you know, this facility? And you really need to connect it to your courthouse because everything is all moving together. Right. right? And so that's where I was excited. Once we, we kind of agreed upon a, a, a appropriate plan that could get all the inmates under one roof and it could be connected to our courthouse, uh, I was like, wow, I, mean, I, you know, I really feel I, I know it can work. You know, so there's a lot of things that have come together, you know, location. Uh, that was a great question um, because initially we were coming up with many different plans that some of it required us to, to look at getting property. And I just, you know, I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we've got that solved. Now you look at some other things as well. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the style of our jail currently now. We're paying higher insurance rates for that because higher premiums, because we've had some tragedies in our facility. You know, people have committed suicide, and I can't speak on how much, but that's affected our insurance. All right. So that, that factor is there. If you can have a different facility, like a podular design that's safer for, for staff and inmates, that, that has impact. Look at the borrowing rate right now. And you, you guys both know where we're at with borrowing. 
that's a big impact, yeah. you know, especially for a project this size. And then, you know, you look at the community impact. Uh, we, we've had, you know, some some big time impacts with, you know, with Verso um, and other, you know, things that really are impacting us. But then you look at as a county, if we move forward with a project that's going to take a couple of years, how many people that's going to employ, how many contractors that are going to want to come in. And that's going to be a bidding process that's going to be competitive, because people want to have projects like this to move forward because they, they take a while. Is the goal then to try to get more local? Definitely. You know, whether it stays, that job stays in Wood County, but it's, it's a job in the state. Mm-hmm. So that way it's not going, you know, we're bringing the people from New York or we're going to bring right. someone from Arizona in to do this project, you know. Or is that a goal just to try to keep Definitely. it more and more vocal? Definitely. And there's some big construction uh, companies out there like Myron. Just I'm not saying they're getting the contract because we're not even anywhere close to that. Right, we're not. But, you know, you have those uh, those contractors that are local that employ people that can do a project like this. Then you look at the local banks. You mm-hmm. know, you, you've got that opportunity. And then we talked about staff, too. And, um, you know, if you're going to bring all of our inmates back under one roof, we'll have to hire more staff. But what's really astonishing to me, when we costed that out, we'll have to add eight new corrections officer and one new maintenance person. And the cost of that with salaries and benefits and everything is just over $660,000. But remember what I said about our out-of-county housing costs? Right now, one point over $1.3 That's going to go up. So look at the savings. And now, now Wood County isn't sending money out of county. It's staying house. in. It's staying here. And we're hiring people. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're hiring people that are going to have a decent job. They're going to be paying taxes. And look at the return on investment there. Now, the other thing that we have to talk about, too, is I don't feel enough time. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. We have time. time. <laughs> is inmate programming. Um, the hot topic is the racism rate. All right. And mental health, you know, and providing mental health um, services within our facility. And we partnered with Aspire's Behavioral Health with uh, um, having a contract providing 60 hours of mental health coverage in our jail. So that's huge, right? Um, that's That fits into our inmate programming where you find more stakeholders, not only just with Aspire's, but with like Mid-State Technical College, Three Bridges Recovery, um, love Inc. Um, people are wanting to come in and help people out that have made mistakes and try to get them better. So once they get re- you know released from our custody, they can become successful. And that's huge because mm-hmm. look at that community impact. You've got somebody that made mistakes. Hey, we're going to house them. I mean, all right, if you make a mistake, you, you are going to deal with it with us, you know, whatever that sentence might be. But why not take that as an opportunity as an organization to try to help that individual out get through this, whether it's an addiction thing, a mental health issue, or both, or something that we could help somebody out. And if they get released and they're employed, providing, you know, for themselves, for their family, paying taxes. Just look at that cost of one individual that's costing us right now, okay, $36 a day. Now they're not costing us anything and they're paying taxes. Right. And it's really great that you, even on your, on the Wood County Sheriff's Facebook page, that you guys do the pictures of, you know, Mm -hmm. these are the group, this is the group that went through this program Mm-hmm. Those inmates, those people, I mean, they are super excited. They've got big smiles on their faces. Mm-hmm. And it is great to see that even though that they, they're they fixing their mistakes and they're yeah. coming out better. And it is great to see that, that our county has this. Yeah, it's, it's it just makes sense. Now, coming to the facility again, <laughs> the room to provide programming. We have, we essentially have three rooms to work with. One is a library that can get, you know, probably eight inmates in there at a time. Um, and then you have two other meeting rooms for basically one-on-one. That's it. And then people are competing for those rooms, whether it's a probation agent, a lawyer, or some, some other visit that we approve. I mean, there's, there isn't room to do the, the programming that we, we want to. And that really fits in, especially when you look at newer facilities, whether they're 10 years or, or even older, that programming space available so we can do what we're talking about. Um, the people are out there. The The partnerships are out there to, to help us move in this direction. And the goal is to, hey, can we reduce that recidivism rate so people aren't reoffending? We've given them the opportunity, the tools to get out in the community once they're released to become successful. Because there's a lot of people are out here that I've found 
willing to employ folks that have made mistakes, give them a second chance. And I think it's on us to at least give them the opportunity to try to, to help themselves. And that's where I look at corrections is going. I think it has been going there for a long time. We're just, you know, investing in it more, but it doesn't fit in with our current facility needs, you know? So, you know, looking at the facility and the costs, people have to look at what we're paying now for out-of-county housing. That's going to go up. We can't ignore the the maintenance issues and concerns, and that's in the millions. I can tell you right now it's in the millions. I couldn't give you an exact figure, but we are asking, you know, probably at least, you know, $5 million to replace pipes and other things. Um, so if you look at those two costs alone right there and what we're going to pay, you know, for a new facility, you know, like I said, that $57 million, I mean, we might have, you know, in 20 years paid for the majority of it between what I just talked about with right. the, the maintenance and out-of-county housing. You know, the criminal justice system is going to catch up and it's starting to, you know, our inmate population is going back up. Um, I can probably tell you that within six months we might be full again and we might be looking at another place to house inmates because we don't have the room, you know, so it's a big decision our county board is going to have to make, but I, I'm really um, happy with our, our HADOC committee just sitting there and asking questions and, and being informed because this is a decision that they're going to have to make. And I give them a lot of credit that they're, they're coming forward with information that they could provide everybody else to make that informed decision. Um, do I want to spend $57 million of taxpayers, you know, money? No, I don't. Um, I didn't run for sheriff on this, but um, I think people should be aware of all the information and what we're dealing with. We have to have a jail. Uh, there's no way around that. Um, but how how long can we keep pushing this off? You know, bottom line, and we did 20 years. Now what, what happened? The price tag went up. Right. Imagine what happens in the next 20 years. And then as community leaders, I really think it's upon us to set up our future. And should we should we push it off for the the next sheriff or the next county board um, to make a decision? Um, I don't think that's fair. To be well, honest. at some point, it's going to be the bill is going to come due. It's mm-hmm. going to get to the point where you know what? It's we no longer can function mm-hmm. with it the way it is. Now we have to, and now the price tag just got bigger. It did doubled. You know, and and what do you want to? What should we do about it? But. Timing was pretty good. I mean, at, at, at some point, you know, um, I don't disagree. We were housing out accounting, you know, that, that made sense. But, you know, there's a tipping point for everything. And, and we're there, you know, with the out-of-county housing. And then you have the other things that are starting to line up, the interest rate, you know, how we can save money on insurance. You know, there's so many things that, you know, the, the programming opportunity, I could talk. It's hard to say that we need to spend $52 million so that way we can save $7 million. Mm-hmm. But that's what it kind of comes down to is, you know, if we're going to be spending a whole bunch of money sending everyone out, when we can just change what we're working on, change it out, that $7 is going to come back to to us. To so it, it just makes sense to not spend the 7 but spend the $52 million. Yeah, well, and then you're investing in our community. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then energy efficiency of a new building. Great point. And then perhaps even an opportunity for at least a couple of years to house inmates from other counties Good. here and recoup some of that. that recouping, reciprocating. Right. No, that's good. It's a good point. I mean, you don't want to build a facility to say, hey, let's build a 400 bed facility and just, you know, house everybody else. Because that's not the right way to look at it. But you still look at the opportunity to, um, you know, create that revenue source. But see, I don't like talking about that because these are human beings. You know, they made mistakes and, you know, other people are making money off them by housing them in other facilities. And I get that's part of the times, but what bothers me a little bit is, okay, somebody's looked at as a dollar symbol. We, we do have to, you know, people are incarcerated. I'm sorry, people make mistakes and they need to be held accountable. Um, but I look at the people in Adams and Wapak County, and this is not any fault of their sheriff's department or their county leaders at all. Um, they don't provide the programming that we're committed to. So when we send people out of county, um, they're not going to get that opportunity to, you know, get their GED, mm-hmm. you know, work on their addiction issues. You know, um, for us, we, that's a priority. And I'm not saying it's not a priority for them. It's just with, you know, with safe keepers, we call it that they don't have to provide that. 
and there's a cost to it. You know, I, and I get it. Right. You know, they're not, they're, they're not bad people for, for holding, you know, on, you know, our inmates. It's just, you know, it's, it's business. And, right. you know, I look at, Hey, we could probably take this opportunity and have everybody under one roof, give people the opportunity to, you know, fix themselves as long as they want to and go out and be successful in our community. Well, we got the run with the cops that hopefully is me coming. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the sheriff's department and working with the Special Olympics. I know that Cole, it, you guys always do a lot of stuff with with Cole. He's one of our Special Olympics who is mm-hmm. a local resident here in the town of Grand Rapids. But I know that let's talk about the Special Olympics and, and that partnership. Yeah, um, that's been going on for a long, long time. Um, the partnership with um, law enforcement and Special Olympics, and uh, we've got some great local athletes that we've connected with. And um, that's one thing with with Special Olympics: when you get the opportunity to donate, you can say you want to keep it locally, mm-hmm. or you can go nationally. And I always, you know, donated locally because then you you could see you know who we're interacting with and the and the kids and the athletes that are are getting are getting the money. Obviously, COVID really, you know, changed a lot of what we're doing um, or what Special Olympics was doing for events. So I'm hoping those things are coming back. But um, Run With The Cops was fairly new. My daughter, Jordan, used to work for the Special Olympics. That was one of the events that she started and put together based upon what she saw other communities were doing. And it went over really well. It was it was a huge event. And uh, it's something I believe that it'll, it'll continue to, 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 you know, do. Also, um, the polar plunge has been huge. Um, that's kind of you know worked its way you know around in uh, Southwood County, where it was out at uh, Anchor Bay the last few years. Uh, I don't know where they're going to move it now, but I, I believe it'll, it'll be. Oh, I'm sorry. Then it went to the ridges. Okay. And the ridges kind of did a, a pool instead of you know jumping into one of their ponds. Um, so I think the ridges will keep that. You know, okay. it used to be at the Lions Club, another another huge event for. For Special Olympics, then you have other stuff that we've done with them: softball games, um, basketball, and also um, Dunkin' Donuts is another huge, you know, partnership. I know I'm kind of you know, stereotyping myself there a little bit, but we work with Dunkin' Donuts quite a bit with Special Olympics. It's a great partnership, you know, cop on a rooftop where we'll go on and just um, people will drive by and, and donate funds to Special Olympics. So there's a lot of. Um, you know, partnerships that, that we've established with, um, with that organization. And it's great. You know, Cole's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's our go-to. I know this year, you know, he had to do something, you know, different um, because there was no polar plunge and Grand Rapids Fire Department. We contact them. Hey, you want to bring one of your trucks out and just spray with some water? Just and I believe it was the new truck yet too, on top of it. It was a very shiny truck. Mm-hmm. Could have been, but they, you know, Chief Pyatt was all in and, and brought people in and it went over great, you know, so at least there was some ways that we could modify um, at least something to to highlight that relationship we have and that organization. So it's, and when we're always looking for some, you know, community partnerships out there, and I think that that pays us back in a way when and you look at our, our Canadian unit, you know, people have been so, so generous, you know, to us. Mm-hmm. I know we, you guys did the Festa fund. Yep. Do you were, were out there? You guys did some cooking. Yes, we did. You guys were, were awesome at it. You yeah, guys well, were the champions. The sheriff's part. Well, yeah, we don't rub, uh, rub it in like the PD's face, but yeah, we. we I always were. like to bring that up whenever I have Rapids Police Department along with Wood County mm-hmm. at the same place. Cause it's like, okay, I know these guys know how to cook and these guys don't. So, but Hopefully that event is me yeah. coming on again. I know that um, if it does, I know I'm going to be one of the judges again. Excellent. So I am looking forward to it because this year I am going to do the, I will come to your department and you can ask me any kind of questions. I'll give you some points. And oh, really? So that way, yes, that way we can have things done just a little bit more interesting. I'm not okay. going to say better, but I'm going to say more interesting, but I'm going to offer up some services so that way... If you have nice. some questions of how to cook something. So have to figure out those questions. Okay. Right. Gotcha. It's not going to be stump the chef, but it'll be, I'll probably play um, stump the, the officer. It sounds good. No, I'm looking forward to it. No, it was a great event. It no, was. It was a lot yeah, of fun. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
where you can get us together just at a, a non-stressful event that we're all hanging out together. Those are fun events for all of us. Mm-hmm. Although we did kind of make it a little bit stressful. We and tried. We tried. Yeah. Gave you guys knives to play with and mm-hmm. you guys, nobody we're, we're got all, hurt. Nobody got hurt. We all yep. had a great time. So yeah, that was always a good good time. Hopefully that'll be coming back. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think, you know, uh, as we get into summer, I think a lot of those um, opportunities will present themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially as we go forward through summer and into fall again. I'm just foreseeing a, a lot more of those activities popping up in the fall time, especially. Yeah. I think people really are looking for that, you know, just getting to some of the community events that we've had in the past like year, you could tell like the chamber did the, the drive through parade. And I don't right. think that they realized how big that was going to be. Right. And they prepared for it the best they could. But I remember being part of that and it was like, wow, it's just car after car. So those kind of events, you can tell people are just willing to, they want to get out you know, a little bit more and have the opportunity to interact. You know, the parades are starting to come back um, up in Marshfield for um, uh, the Dairy dairy Fest. Yeah. They're going to do a drive-through parade. So, some, you know, they're kind of easing into it. You know? Are they going to be having the... Uh, the breakfast? The, not the fair. Yes, they are. So the fair is coming back? The fair is coming back. And you guys are a big part of the fair? because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we work with the Marshfield Police Department on that, providing, you know, law enforcement coverage to the event. Overall, it's a very safe event, but um, we're always out there working together. That's an important thing to bring up with, you know, the Sheriff's Department and Police Departments. Uh, we work really strongly together. Uh, that provides a better service for, for the community. It really mm-hmm. does. So, you know, the Marshfield Police Department reaching out for us to, to help out or vice versa if we have an event that they can help us out. And that, that holds true for, you know, any of the police departments within the county, they know that they can count on us to help out and vice versa. You know, um, we're all... Uh, Does your department do a lot of school visits just to kind of go out and say hi to the kids, you know, eat the, lunch with the kids, <clears throat> that sort of events? Yeah, previous to COVID, we did all the um, schools that are out within the county's jurisdiction. We would stop at, um, and it wouldn't be just one specific deputy. It'd be multiple deputies would come at different times or so. Um, the students and staff can see different faces um, because you never know if there is a, a, a situation that we need to be called to. You don't know who you might get. So It's always a little bit of breath take back of, ooh, there's the police. The police mm-hmm. are here. You know, it's like that that second pause of, okay, what did go on? But, you know, if you guys are always in the school, it's like, okay, cool. We got Becker in, in house today and mm-hmm. it's we just kind of, yeah, it's not no, a bad thing. Not a bad this thing. is something that, you know, he does. No mm-hmm. one kind of takes a step back and go, okay, now what? Now what do I do? Right. No, it's that positive interaction that, that I think that everybody benefits from. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads to a, a logistical question about jurisdiction. Sure. And, you know, the cities and a lot of the towns we're finding actually have their own police departments. Where does the county fit in in the grand scheme of things? Um, that, the cities are kind of quarantined to their jurisdictions, of course, the city or the town that they're in, but the county can go all around the county. Right. And our primary focus is is that all around the county, outside of the municipalities. Um, we have jurisdiction anywhere in the county, but we respect the, the jurisdiction that the municipalities have. So our, our calls of service are all out of the you know municipalities. Um, unless there's an incident that they need help with, then um, we'll come in and help if they ask for it. Or, you know, a lot of it's just automatic. We know what a, a serious call is and we'll come and help them. Vice versa, if we have something going on, we can ask for mutual aid. And, and normally that, that happens. Also, somebody has to do is a shift commander has to say, hey, can you, you know, have Marshfield PD or Wisconsin Rapids PD respond to this, you know, address or this area to help us out? And those are what I talked about, you know, a few minutes ago. It's just that strong working relationship that our organizations have. Um, they, you know, hey, just ask and we're there. We're going to help out. But on the municipalities, um, their focus or their, their jurisdiction is within that municipality. Um, unless they're asked to go out for mutual aid. And for us, what's a little bit more unique is we have jurisdiction anywhere within the county. But now, our expectation on patrol is they stay out of the city limits. They're out in the areas that don't have law enforcement coverage because that's what's expected. You said there's usually five deputies on, on a shift? Uh, normally, um, our minimum is four, um, and we have uh, seven assigned with a, along with a, a supervisor. That's pretty good coverage, actually, mm-hmm. for 
for the rest of the county that's yeah. that's opened up. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, Marshfield has their own office mm-hmm. because we're so far disassociated north and south, unfortunately. Yeah, logistically, that, that's that's tough for Marshfield just because, you know, a lot of the services are here in Wisconsin Rapids. But we have an office up in Marshfield, you know, that we man it with uh, one investigator. And then our north end deputies are, are working out of that office in the Norwood building. So we, we do have a presence up in the city of Marshfield. Um, and then our other office, obviously, is here in Wisconsin Rapids at the courthouse. Pretty straightforward then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what is one thing that Wood County, your your department is looking forward to this year? Hmm, good question. Um, you know, I will say uh, moving forward with the jail study, because um, the last couple of years that that's something that we've been working on. So to see that conclude in, in whatever direction that might be will be um will be good. Um, so that that's probably been a big, big focus of ours. Um, so I, I would say that'd probably be the biggest thing that, you know, I'm personally looking forward to um, seeing move forward. You know, other than that, uh, you look at all the recreational opportunities that, that we are part of. We have a boat patrol. Uh, we have an ATV, UTV patrol. Um, you know, those those patrols are, are needed, but that only tells me that, you know, we have those opportunities here in Wood County that people can utilize, and they should feel that, you know, an agency that has those type of patrol divisions, um, you know, that means that, you know, we're out there to just make sure people are safe and, and you have those um those uh, those recreational opportunities. Look at the park system that we have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Northwood County Park, Southwood County Park, Dexterville. Just so many, so many recreational opportunities for camping, boating. Um, there's a lot of things to do here in Wood County, and, and we're aware of that. And, and that's why we have um, you know the patrol uh, divisions that we do, just to make sure that people are you know number one enjoying themselves, but they're doing it safely. All right. And your position is an elective position. So are you planning on running again for, for sheriff? Ooh, hard questions. I know. Are you planning on running? Yeah, are you announcing plan. it today? I mean, I guess there, there well, is really, I know there's a proper way to announce it, but are you running again? Um, no, I don't, I don't mind answering that. Um, my, my goal is to run for at least another term, okay. um, but we're not there yet. I mean, that, that I'll become to, to make a decision sometime early next year. Okay. Um, when you can take papers out and get signatures and all that, but um, that's the goal. But it, it really goes back to you know uh, my family. That'll be a discussion that, and we've already had it. We've we've looked at what you know our goals professionally are and personally, and and where do things fit in our life. I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't the support of my family, especially my wife Julie. When running for sheriff is a, it's a lot of work, and the other candidates that ran will tell you the same thing. Um, and they're all good people. It's just um, at that time going back, you know, a couple of years probably like three years ago when Sheriff Riker decided not to run, then it was a sit down, you know, thing to have with Julie and, and my daughters, Jordan and, and Caitlin and, and where it fit in my life and our life was almost ideal. Both of our uh, daughters were out of school. One was out of school and was finishing up their, their paths in life were, were moving forward. Um, as I mentioned, it's a lot of work to run for public office and that didn't take away time from them you know, in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, they got the help, <laughs> you know, and so that, that worked out. And, and so that'll be something obviously that Jill and I will look at, you know, come early next year when you have to make that decision, like, okay, what, but I, I can tell you right now that, that that's been the career goal to keep moving forward. Um, looking at the GL project is something that, um, is uh, something that I'd like to see, you know, move forward with uh, and be part of. But that's not up to me. That's up to our county board. Um, it really boils down to then our staff, too. We have a great team, you know, from our, our admin staff to our correction staff to patrol, investigators, uh, front office support. That's a great team. And that's probably the most motivating thing to continue to be involved and number two, now having this, you know, position that I've been fortunate that that the voters voted me in, um, I love it. You know, I, I do, I do really truly love this job and and love the team that I, I work with. It's not about me. It's it's about our organization and, and and how we can move forward together, providing you know the best service to the taxpayers and being transparent and moving forward. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of. Um, you know, the best way I can answer that right now, I mean, I can't say it's going to happen right now because 
um, that opportunity isn't there to pull out papers and make that announcement that, um, cause that's still a few months down the road, Okay, but um, that's the plan. All right. Excellent. And we found out from everything that happened last year in the world, a lot can change in a couple months. Sure can. Right. You, you never, never know. know. You never know what happens. No, you don't. So we, we help a lot of people get into new housing mm-hmm. and, you know, move from one county into ours and, you know, they're excited to be new homeowners here in Wood County. Is there any tips from the law enforcement side or any advice you could give to a new homeowner to kind of make their stay here, you know, enjoyable, more safe, more enjoyable? Well, you know, obviously the internet is a, is a great opportunity to take a look at, you know, what, what counties and, you know, what municipality that you want to move to. Well, that's where, you know, just as much as I do where people try to sell themselves because everybody's online nowadays, you know, so you can find out what crime rates are, you know, look at Grand Rapids. Of course, we're biased because I live in Grand Rapids, you guys do. And, you know, I know our, our uh, town board chair put out, you know, our ninth room, like, hey, we're one of the safest communities, you know, in Wisconsin. And I would, you know, go on and echo that. It's, it goes even further beyond that. I think central Wisconsin's a, a really, you know, safe, nice area to raise a family. One of the reasons why we chose to move here, right. bottom line, you know, I grew up in Stevens Point. We moved down by Mass and for a few years, we always wanted to come back, you know, because we knew, you know, the environment, is, it's, it's safe. Um, there's still things to do and you're not too far away from, you know, made bigger cities with where, you know, social events are probably more than they are around here, but no, it's a great community. Um, you know, whether it's Grand Rapids or Wisconsin Rapids, Marshfield, Nakusa, you know, really take a look at, you know, what, you know, if there is many, uh, uh ownership opportunities, cause the, I think you guys both know it. It's, it's a pretty tough market right now to, to find something to purchase. You know, you're seeing that, both of you know my daughters are going through that right now. It's a it's a seller's market right now, and you're it gonna is. you're gonna pay more than maybe asking. I've been hearing that at least, and um, I know that that's really been frustrating for my youngest daughter down in Madison, trying to now that they qualified for a loan. You're you're bidding with uh, you know against so many people just for a property, and that market's far more fierce than it is up here. But we're still seeing a microcosm of that up mm-hmm. here as well. Yeah. But it, on our side, we're still writing offers. They're still getting yeah. accepted. So. Yeah. We're still, you know, going on showings is kind of nice. You know, I, today when I left the office, there was, I think it was close to 25 properties on the market that we could go and show. So, I mean, that was a whole lot better than three months ago when it was, we have 10 homes to go take a look at in all price ranges. So, but the numbers have doubled. I mean, they're, everything's slowly opening up and it's going to be, be really nice for for buyers. Good to hear. <laughs> now, Madison, you know that's a whole nother yeah. ball of wax. Whole, so, yeah. so good luck yeah. down there. Yeah, I've told her many times. Maybe you should move up here, but uh, they, they can move me. back in with mom and dad, and you know, <laughs> rent for for a little bit. And yeah, okay. <laughs> he's like, no, please don't. <laughs> no, I love my kids, and if that's what it took, um, that'd be that would work. But they like the Madison area, and I respect that. And you know, it's it's okay. Oh. It's a great place to go visit Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's great. Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to come sit down with us and and chat about your department. Mm -hmm. And so again, if you're looking for the patches, either the pink or the green, so the pink is breast cancer awareness Mm -hmm. and then the green is the mental health. So those definitely check, get those over at the sheriff's office. Give us a call. Uh, Best thing is to call us at 421-8715. Or you can email us and take a look at our uh, Facebook page. I was going to uh, say, you guys got a Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is pretty awesome. So if you got some questions, yeah, go ahead and send them a message. Someone over there manages it. So. Yeah, well, we have a big team of us that that, that manage that just because, you know, when messages come in, we want to try to get to them as, as quick as possible. But people have to understand that the Facebook page isn't a place to report crimes or anything like that because we're not looking at it 24-7. We try to... Um, stay up on as as much as possible. But Did you ever think in your career as a, as law enforcement that you would have a Facebook page to do uh, you know connections with? No, and that came really fast too. You know, starting my career in the mid '90s to today, and and just you know the technology changes that's happening over and over. You know, when I started, we didn't have computers in our squads, and when I became an investigator. That's when we got computers and it's like, okay. And, and then just, you know, adapting to that. Now the people that you hire, 
are very tech savvy, but people like myself have to learn, you know, and it's, um, it's interesting. And then, yeah, social media, it seems like it just hit us all at once. It's like, um, I remember when my wife uh, got a page and I'm like, I'm not doing that. And it didn't take long. I had one, <laughs> but it's just, that's what people expect now. And there's so many different, you know, platforms, uh, and going through an election, that's, that's something that you utilize, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you need to utilize because that's where a lot of people communicate. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. You and uh, we'll chat later on. Yeah. Anytime. All right. Sounds good. All right. fantastic having Sheriff Becker on the show. We really appreciate it. We do. But one of the things that I, I really wanted to encourage was a conversation for the people who don't live in a, a dedicated city structure. You know, there's so much of Wood County in between Wisconsin Rapids area and Marshfield area that offers so much opportunity. So, you know, kind of getting to know who you can rely on in the middle of the county is, is a big thing for me. It is. And, you know, whether or not you live in Port Nacusa, Marshfield, Wisconsin Rapids, or, you know, any of our smaller communities, you know, we have great law enforcement within the cities and then also on the outskirts, you know, with Wood County. The deputies are just fabulous, hands down. So we... Okay, so didn't the, we didn't really want to play stump the sheriff to name all of his canine dogs, but he managed to miss one. So we do want to give a big shout out to to Ace. He is the one dog that we did he could not remember. So, but congratulations, Ace. We we are going to give you that shout out today. And I see Roscoe is uh, now on patrol. Yes, they just had a post on the Facebook about that. So mm-hmm. Exciting to have Roscoe as a team member as well. Right. So yeah, that, that's really great to have have Sheriff Becker, and hopefully we can get uh, someone from Nakusa. I'm not going to call up uh, Chief Wood, but if he would, you know, we've been trying to reach out to him. So it'd be nice to get get him on on the show and and talk about Nakusa and what his the police department has to offer as well. So it'd be really nice. So it is getting close to the end of May. Spring has sprung, mm-hmm. and activities are starting to pop up all around. Um, what are some things that are going on that we can look forward to in the next couple of weeks? Well, coming up on May 22nd, we, well, when I say we, I really mean Sunrise Rotary is having a very large community wide garage, um, <laughs> garage sale. We're going to have a food drive. I have the note in front of me that does say food drive May 22nd, but, um, it's not correlating a whole lot today, but um, but we're going to be doing a huge food drive. So we want to really fill up the food pantries. We really have noticed in talking with the schools and other outreach areas with Sunrise Rotary that there was a huge need to have those food pantries restocked. And so we're going to be doing a very large community-wide food drive. And it's going to be in six different locations. So we have Riverside Park down in Nakusa. We have the Methodist Church in Port Edwards. We are going to be having the Grand Rapids Municipal Building. So the fire station, uh, it's going to be in that area on the corner of 48th and W. And we're going to have two other locations. Oh, Lincoln High School is going to be one of them. And off the top of my head, I cannot think of the last location. But we are going to be having this from 7 a.m. until 11. So it's going to be a drive-through food drop-off. So go grocery shopping this week and take a look, grab a few extra things off the shelf, put it into a bag, and on Saturday morning, come on out to one of those locations over on the corner of 8th Street and... I cannot remember the one, but it's over by Walmart, but it's the over by A Street Auto. So that little parking lot area there, that's going to be our last location. Okay. So really great. I mean, great locations throughout the area. So you live in Nakusa, that way you don't have to drive all the way to Rapids to donate. You can either go to Port, you can go to Nakusa. So again, 
very big, multiple, multiple communities kind of coming together to drop off food to kind of help out those, those families who are in need. So again, that's going to be on the 22nd, six different locations. If you have any questions, um, visit our website, the Sunrise Rotary website, or you can visit the Sunrise Rotary Facebook page and it will be on there. It will be on our Facebook page as well. Of course. And if you have any questions, you can just reach out to me at Coval Banker. You can give me a call at 715-323-2577. I'd be happy to answer any of your questions about this community food drive. Um, I will be in the Nakusa location. So we're going to, I'm going to be over there. I'm going to go, go back home to the hometown and uh, be there all morning long. So even if you miss it and you do want to donate something, please give me a call. I will help get the funds. I will help try to figure out how we can help you out. So um, May 22nd, we've got a huge food drive going on. And then again, in in June, shortly after that is we're going to have the Blossom Fest. So I mean, there's gonna be a lot of really cool community activities coming up. We've got a lot of fun runs going on yet too. So if anyone knows that we are big into the fun runs, we do not run them. We have fun watching them. And so we've got a couple of those that are going to be coming up that we always like to keep an eye on. And well, JR likes to run some of that. JR likes to run some of that. You know, if we got to run it for work, sometimes we do have, we'll sponsor a race and the office will run slash walk it. Um, we always call in our youngest and he runs it for the office and we always rely on him for that. Well, he's a pseudo professional marathoner. So. Yeah, he's a marathoner. We, we like calling in the big, the big people, the big dogs and, and having them come in and run for us. But he always enjoys coming out and running for them. So, so look for us and Coldwell Banker at, at these coming events in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we've got stuff scheduling up all the way into September for community activities. Yes. So, and if people are just curious about housing or listing their home as well, you know, it's a perfect opportunity. You're out and about doing these other community things. Ask the questions. Just go ahead, ask me the questions. It's perfectly fine. Excellent. Well, that's about wrapping up our show for this week. And you know, next week we hopefully we can get to a market update for you for everyone. But the, and, and it'll be perfect timing because all the statistics should be out and available. Right, and you know, keep in mind if you're looking at buying something, you know, definitely get a hold of your local lender, start that process, so that way you do know that price range you need to be looking in, and then give us a call if you're thinking about selling. Also, give us a call; we'd be happy to talk to you about it. Great, you can see. Uh, actual inventory at myrapids.com. You can get a hold of us via email, myrapidsradio at gmail, and they can give you a call as well. Exactly. Great. That's about it. All right. Well, you guys have a great Central Wisconsin day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.